everybody, I'm Steve Huffman. I'm the executive pastor here at the Vineyard Church, and welcome to the Team Vineyard Podcast, where we are helping you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. And uh, today, I have the privilege to sit across from Terry Linhart, who is a, a good friend. And uh, I was actually searching Terry this morning. Oh, no. On, yeah. Uh, on your exact title. This is the, one of the reasons I like you so much is because your title changes so frequently. <laughs> so you do a ton over at Bethel University. Mm. But here, th- this is what one of the websites said oh, about no. you. Are you ready for this? No. Here's what one of the, he He is... An author, educator, and strategist who encourages and helps others be better and more effective in their work and leadership. Is that your official title? I would say that is what I do when I wake up in the morning. (laughs) One of those three things, right? One of those, right. So what's your official title at Bethel? Uh, Currently Dean of Adult and Graduate Studies. So I oversee all the graduate programs and the online space and... Any new initiative we have to help uh, more people be educated in a Christian institution. And you've been there for a while. 18 years now in my 19th already. Yeah, it's uh, the longest tenure anywhere in my life. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great run. It is. Yeah. And they're blessed to have you. You you have spoken uh, at the Vineyard uh, this year. Actually, in the spring, you spoke to the leaders. Mm. uh, So we really appreciate that. that. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, it's a great church, and, and we occasionally are sitting in the back row uh, on a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, not always in the back row, but uh, popping over here. Many great friends here, and uh, what a great uh, church. And not just uh, the church local, but what you're doing uh, to launch new things around the region and beyond, too. I, I'm, I, you know, I feel like you're just getting started here. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yep. So uh, that is a good segue, actually, to the topic that we're going to talk about, just getting started. Mm. So as we uh, think about closing 2019 and think about launching into 2020, uh, the the reason we asked you here today is to give us your best wisdom Mm. on uh, New Year's resolutions or setting goals. You know, it's something that likely many of us are doing as we look at a new year. But uh, as I, uh, I I did a little research before this, the U.S. News and World Report reports that 80% of the people who set a New Year's resolution by February have already failed. Oh, yeah. And so this is something – I'm not perfect, right? right? I've set things in years past, didn't, didn't push through with them. And so the hope today, at least for Team Vineyard, is as individuals think through – Hey, how can I get a, a new start, a fresh start, set a new year's and actually stick with it? What are some things to think about? And you are, uh, you've got a ton of things going on, not only at Bethel, you, you're an author, you're a dad, uh, you're a husband. So is, can you just give us a framework maybe as you look to 2020, how do you process, how do you align, how do you think about all the things that you want to tackle? Sure. Yeah, well, uh, and you said, give us the best. So if it's not very good, people are just going to go, well, that's all he's got. You know, it's not very good. So why am I listening to this thing? Uh, but I do a lot of this with uh, the coaching stuff that I do and the research and, and helping young leaders. And so there's two things up front, Steve, that you've, we've got to do. First is you have to have open hands to what God's doing in your life. And it's easier said than done. So the fact that I said I'm here 18 years is a miracle, uh, really, because I am a person that always likes change and something new. And to a state in one place is not only a testament to um, God's enduring 
uh, providence in my life, but also, uh, I mean, the health of Bethel, you know, the people that are there are really some of the people I like the best in the world I work with. So that's been a blessing there, but you have to have open hands, uh, because, um, you want to let the spirit lead you. And the second thing is, um, to not set goals that are someone else's goals, meaning that often you and I can have conversations like this. And a lot of people who talk about goals are significantly goal-driven people, but 75% of the personality types in the world are not necessarily goal-driven, like they want to get more done. Yeah. So I changed the wording a little bit on New Year's resolutions and goals. And it's, it's helpful to think about that. Um, so I asked people, what are three things that if you accomplished them this year would alter your life for the better? Oh, that's good. Can you say that one more time? What are three things that if you accomplished them this year would alter your life for the better? Yeah, that's that's really good. W- one of the things someone uh, that matches almost identically, someone years ago told me when you're thinking about the year in front of you, envision what success would look mm-hmm. like, like some of the things success would look like. And success may not be the best word either, though. So, so unpack that. Well, because we're in America, right? And we're often people who navigate the world of, that we're listening to through podcasts and reading in books are high achiever right. types. And it's not everybody in the spectrum, right? And so, and I don't mean spectrum like uh, counseling would, counselor would use it, but I mean in the scope of the mosaic that is the church, right? right. Many people are not extroverts, most, right? And don't even want to be on front, don't want to lead anything. They want to be helpful, uh, let someone, but they want to have a better value. So success may be health yeah, uh, and not physical health necessarily, but spiritual health, mental yeah. health. Yeah. So when we start thinking about a new year and 2020 would be uh, a great year to say, I want to live a balanced life. Right. Yeah. Not balanced like I'm just navigating the waters, but balanced in that I have margins. Balanced in that I feel like God's speaking into my life with freedom. Balanced in that I am available to whatever. And balanced in that I can take a risky step when asked to. Ah, oh, that's so good. I think we live at a time where, where margin is uh, so needed, yet we think we have so little of it. And so, yeah, uh, I like how you tied that into defining success for the next year. It doesn't have to be this, oh, I'm going to write a book, yeah. but uh, incredible success for someone could be finding margin enough to actually spend more time with God, hear his voice, follow his call. Yeah, that's great. Or just... Um not being grouchy, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we laugh, right. But, uh, I think all of us have the opportunity and you see it on social media all the time. The fork in the road in the forties, I think is the grumpier gracious path. And you choose yeah. how you want to be in your sixties when you're in your forties. And so, oh. yeah. So you just go, do I want to be a gracious person in a world that's generous, kind, or do I want to be fearful and trying to hang on to whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I uh, push on that a little bit? So if someone's listening and they're 20, do they make like, does it, is it a 20 year runway? If I want to be <laughs> healthy, spiritually, physically, am I making decisions in my twenties that affect that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a uh, developmental psych a little bit. We know that adolescence runs at least through 25 and for some people closer to 30. And so when you think about it, I'm still developing in my emotional health and identity, how we choose to work on ourselves, if we want to use that term, in our 20s will play dividends, pay dividends in our 30s. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, because in her twenties, you're exposed to uh, the moment. Am I? Do I have angry? Uh, am I sad? Lonely? All the emotions are there in the twenties, I think. And, and so, if you talk about twenty year olds, emotional health would be the thing I would say. Hey, if you're a twenty year old and you're looking at twenty twenty, then one of the three things for your life would be better is for you to start paying attention to how you react to things. Yeah. So, can, can we get practical for a second? Because one of your initial points was. Uh, sort of approach the next year with some open hands. So let's get practical. If I'm 20 or if I'm 40 and I I don't know exactly, you know, I can make a list of, well, here's all the things that would be great to do next year, but we're, we're sort of going way deeper than that. So, so give us some practical things that you would want, you'd want to speak into us of here's some things to think about and here's what you should put on paper. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I like domains in life. So mental, social, spiritual, physical, you know, we get all those. We, we, we're going to work out and eat better every year, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, and but, then 80% of us fail in February, right, right, February for those things. Or before. Yeah. So that's why I like three things where you can manage them. Um, uh, getting practical then is um, I like the phrase shaped by the word when we look at Bible study. Right. And the role of the word in our lives rather than I got to get something out of it or yeah. I got to do my daily devotions, check the box, check the box. But to allow the word of God to shape us in yeah. ways, which means that we're doing this on one thing. We're meditating on it. It's got extra time in it. So investing in a good podcast like this is helpful. Reading the word, creating space in your life. You used the word margin earlier. Margin isn't empty space. It's margin, right? right. It's purposeful things. And it can't be filled with this phone business, the social media thing, because that's not so um, you know, healthy for us. So I think that's the one thing is um, if we're going to have open hands, then we got to see the world as God sees it. And one of the, it's through special revelation. Yeah. 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 That's great. Uh, can you share with us as, as you're looking into 2020? For your own life, can you give us one or two practical things that you're shooting for? So uh, I have a phrase in my life of that I got from Navy submarine warfare called sprint drift. And it's what subs do when they're chasing ships. They sprint for a while and then they drift and they actually drift along slower, like three knots. And it's, they're quieter than the ocean in those moments. And so I just came through a four-month sprint. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So August to December, when we started in August, I just told Kelly, hey, I'll see you in December. I'll see you at Christmas. And today is the last of that sprint. And so then I've got some time to recover. And so one of the things for me is I'm going to read more and just make myself sit and read. Yeah. Because as a person who's been wound up for about a year now on doing some things, accomplishing some things, we got some initiatives at Bethel we've just come out of. Uh, and we're about ready to start another one next year now. So um, I've got a period here where I can do that. I can drift along. And so you have to drift to to catch up. I so that's, that. yeah, one of the things for me. And then, um, you know, that you mentioned the author thing. I told uh, my colleague, Chad Meister, the other day, I have to force myself to write again, not to, not writing to produce something to sell or publish, yeah. right? Yep. But to write because it's a cognitive effort. So um, you'll hear me talk. <laughs> Whenever I'm around now more about aging, because it seems like every year I'm a year older. But, uh, you know, but I just for me moving forward, I have to I have to be writing. And I've even learned in some ways that I just get a pencil and a nice sketchbook paper and 
cognitively slow down where I hear the scratch, scratch on the paper. And and on those things, uh, many times I'll talk to people and they have goals of, well, I want to read more. And now all of a sudden they're assigning like, no, Mm. no, no, I want to read like 40 books next year. Mm. So for you, when you say, when you're in the uh, the drift mode uh, and you say, you know, I really want to read more. Do you actually write down on a piece of paper? No, next year I want to read 50 books. Oh, no. Yeah, it feels that feels less organic to me, yeah. you know, and I, I got to watch that. So so we all have we talked about the different personality types. We all have if we if you look at the if you read anything with the Enneagram, the Enneagram exposes that desire that really drives us. And for some of us, it's safety, loyalty. I want to be the helper. Like any time someone needs help, I'm picking up the phone. I can help as many people and you can't really, but you think you can. And for me as a three, it's success, right? And I can't get enough of it. And if I'm dishonest, I'm going, um, you you know, it can get out of control in this. And so I think there's a helpful thing in the writing process and in the praying and in the worship and in the Bible reading. I use this phrase often, um, and I think I borrowed it somewhere, that naming, oh, it's from Ruth Haley Barton, I think. Naming our desires in the presence of Jesus is a very powerful moment. That is powerful. Yeah. And for all of us, it's different. And so then you can work backwards and say, uh, you have to be careful of whatever that is. So for me as a success person, man, I want that number being 50 and 60. (laughs) And I can't do that, right? I just got to say, all right, here's the stack that I feel led to read. It's going to help me a lot. And I'll just work through it. I think if we assign, because I've done this wrong in the past, when I assign a number, that speeds up Mm -hmm. the disappointment that I have. Because inevitably life creeps in or I need to slow down and drift Mm -hmm. on what this text is. Mm -hmm. If it's you know, Bible reading, whatever it is. And if I set goals too tightly, I'm immediately disappointed January 15th that I'm not on and then I'm pushing in the wrong yeah. direction. Yeah. And you and I are probably wired similarly in that, you know. So I, I just think it's helpful. And we and Chuck Swindoll is the one that challenged me through his radio and Grace Awakening book years ago that in the 80s and 90s, devotional, doing your devotions, right? Right. Junior, you got to do your devotions. And he he said, that can be a form of legalism. And I'm going, what? No, you got to do your devotions. As opposed to Bob Mulholland's book, Shaped by the Word, right? Yeah. So instead of trying to read through as much of the Bible as possible, what if this year you said, I want to be an expert in Ephesians. And I want to be an expert in yeah. Isaiah. I really want to know that. I'm going to dig into the yeah. depths of Scripture. That's so good. And, and it's not to disqualify those individuals who want to do, I want to read my Bible for the first time. And so I get a Bible reading plan. And they do, like, that's great. Mm-hmm. I think the beauty of this is the uniqueness. We all don't have to do a read a Bible in a year plan. Some of us are wired to become experts in a feature, whatever it is. Uh, and so that uniqueness is helpful, which gets to your second point of, of don't take someone else's goals right. to make them mm-hmm. yours. That's so good. Yeah. Thanks. So, you know, and there's some, uh, not only do we not take somebody else's goals, but don't um, fall prey to other people's mistakes as well, too, because there's some common things that are particular to each of our personality types that yep. keep us from accomplishing the goals. And so for some people, it's they don't take the risk adverse. They don't want to risk uh, looking stupid. They don't want to in front of others. They don't want to risk relationships or being a failure. Um, for me, uh, some of the mistakes I make in uh, goals is that I 
uh, tend to let tomorrow be more attractive than today. Yeah. And yeah. so I have to really say, okay, I've got to do this today. And the second thing, and this comes from those are the people who are creatives that are listening, authors and artists, whatever, you know that when you get on a project, the resistance kicks in and you start to what I call uh, see shiny stuff to the right and it may look very attractive. So for instance, if I'm working on a book, the second book that I've got down the road in my idea becomes way more attractive than the one that I'm working <laughs> right. on. And then when I switch, I want to go back to the other one. And that's the shiny stuff is part of the resistance that says what you're working on right now, especially when it gets hard, because craft is always hard. Yeah. Anything you work on becomes craft. Like you, there's, there's just a moving forward and, um, you know, this is why people fail in the workout, right? They do a couple of weeks and suddenly then it's not new anymore. Right. It's hard work. The tissues have already broken down if you're lifting weights and then you yeah. got to go in and break them down again. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just not very glamorous. You know? So, so how do you keep, uh, a, a project like a, whether it's an exercise goal, whether it's writing a book, what, whatever it is for an individual, when it starts to become not a craft, are you celebrating the small wins? How are you keeping that craft? How are you keeping that fresh so the next book, the next whatever it is, doesn't creep in mm -hmm. and push the real thing that you really want to get done? For yeah, that yeah, that's a good question. Well, in in since you're using writing as an example, it's called what does it mean to be a, a pro? Yeah. You know, so for instance, you have a leadership standard here at Vineyard. Yes. Uh, and it, we could use the phrase, even though most of us are volunteers, uh, it, you're a pro. If you do this, right, you don't overreact in situations. You're not out to protect yourself. You're here for the greater good of, of the church as you're doing things. Uh, keeping yourself fresh is part of that process. So so uh, taking time away, uh, I've got a book in the back of my car uh, that I just got, writing better. That you can, No matter what you've done, you can always be uh, yeah. fresher. Here, here's where it happened for me. Okay, so I went and I, I was asked, I was five or six years out of college, and I became the national trainer for Youth for Christ USA. Wow. You know, a punk kid with spiky hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm flying into Denver and ready to train people twice my age on how to do this model of ministry. And um, I walk in the back, and there's a guy named Bill who created the model in the 60s. And he's listening to another guy, 20 years his junior, lecture up there. And Bill's in the back row taking notes. Oh, yeah. And I'm going, okay. And it was like God just said, dude, that is your, that's your posture, right? You're always a learner. Yes. And so I think we always take notes. We're always grabbing what we can. When, I, when I'm meeting with someone and I, or that's we're so talking, good. I'm lecturing, they're not taking notes. I just go, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't remember that. No, stuff. no. And we don't. Oh, no. It's like that idea right before you go to sleep, you're going to go, I'll get that in the morning. Uh, no. <laughs> Not yeah. so much. No. Um, Two sort of branch questions off this topic. Uh, do you include others in your planning process for the next year for your personal stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you include your wife? Do you tell your friends about it? Do you put it on your blog? What, what do you do to include others? Well, I used to put it on my blog when I was blogging more, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I need to do that more. So the blog, those of you listening can keep me accountable. The blog is part of the 2020 balance for me. Uh, yeah, Kelly's really involved. In fact, I just sent her an email today uh, and we're going to talk about it on our drive. We're, we got a long drive ahead of us today. And so we'll, we, we are regularly talking about this. Um, we didn't always, but we're yeah. better at it now. Um, yeah, I have a good friend, uh, two good friends, but one in particular, a pastor, former pastor in Fort Wayne that we talk about things all the time. Right. Um, my direct supervisor and I chat, 
to, you know, I have a yeah. good relationship with, with, uh, Dr. Barb. And so we talk through, you know, career things and it's helpful when you can do that. Yeah. Uh, something I appreciate with, uh, Pastor Mark here at the Vineyard is, uh, about every year he, he asks, uh, Hey, what do you want to accomplish? Like mm. personally, what do you want to accomplish? That's it's good. just a good conversation. And then my wife, Ann and I, uh, I've got, it, it's probably the wrong, it's how I am wired, but I've got 14 things that are on my list next year that I really would love to, it's like a mini bucket list for 2020 for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very small, mm-hmm. but uh, I sat down with Ann and said, I'd really like to tackle uh, these things next year as goals. So that, yeah, don't feel pressure because Pastor Steve has 14 No, people. no, do not do that. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, it's good to do that. You know, it's interesting that Pastor Mark does that for you. And I think that's really good because in my work with my Arbor Research Group, where we go in and we do research on groups, what we found consistently over the last six years is that no matter what organization we're in, the people at the front lines, and those of you listening in workplace or wherever you are, they're, one of their main goals is to grow personally in their yeah. through their work. Most bosses, though, they feel like don't have that same goal for them. Yeah. And so when you have a boss or supervisor that sits down with you and says, what are your personal goals? I mean, that's that's an amazing place to be. And I wish more workplaces would do that. I, I We just met with a, a group uh, in the last month where that was the case again, where there's not listening going all the way to the top and there's a lot of frustrated workers. And so um, needs to f- need to flip that. And most workplaces need to flip that. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So I, I want to uh, quickly recap with a sort of a final uh, question uh, and, and encouragement to those that are listening. So uh, as we approach, look at 2020, we've got open hands f- and ask God, God, what are you doing? Uh, and, and be able to approach him in that way. The second is not copy other people's goals. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, one of the things I'm passionate about in leadership is making sure that we don't unintentionally drift because we've not thought about things in the future, mm-hmm. not set goals, not uh, given some intention to what's in front of us. And so can you speak to that? Like, can you give us encouragement to actually spend the time to be intentional, to focus on the next sure. year so you don't drift? Yeah. So if I were stepping into someone's life and I said, and they said, Hey, I want to do this, but how do I do that? Yeah. So I would say, find your A time, whatever your best energy is, it's going to be morning or night usually, because most of us work during the day. And then make sure that you you give this this project right yeah the the goal setting the better life project whatever you title it yeah twenty twenty balance fourteen things for Steve you know right. <laughs> whatever it is and then ninety minutes in that a time is only that there's no social media your browser's not on you just work on that and that's an everyday thing like 5 days a week right yeah then once a month you find a 4 hour period in there where you can this or is even gold. A, yeah well 4 hours where you just do that right yeah. and, and maybe once a week you've got a 4 hour period where you can say okay for this evening from 7 to 11 or this morning from whatever i'm a morning person so I don't even want to tell you what time I got up this morning. Uh, and But that's how I learned to do this stuff. Or as, as I just said, okay, I'm going to get up a little earlier and you can do it. And then finally, what's a day? You know, is there a day, a month, every six weeks yeah. where I can retreat in the first half hour's prayer, hour, whatever you need to do. But then you're just, it's like you're going to sit and you're not going to move. And so every book I've done, 
I have that Saturday where it's 14 hours and I just say, I'm going to sit here for 14 hours. Now I use the restroom. I go eat, you know, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. But anyway, but, but social media is off. Every, oh yeah. Distractions are off yeah. and you're, you're grinding. Yeah. That, that's a good rhythm. And it'll feel like you have a physical workout going on because it's so hard to eliminate the distractions. Yeah. 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 I, uh, that, I think that's a struggle for, for most folks nowadays. And I've had years in the past. I love your your set aside time every week, every month, and, and be intentional because I've set uh, I've set goals in the past where now it's July. I don't even remember the goals hmm. because normal life has crept in, yeah. and I've not been intentional. And it's not like four hours a day every day, but being intentional about setting up time every week, yeah. every month, uh, that can certainly help move us and- forward. And then you don't take those, you don't worry about it when you're done. Like you punch the clock 90 minutes and when it's done, you don't try to worry about, did I do enough? Did I whatever? It's just whatever you did in that moment was, is gift, right? And then the muse, the creative side of you, whatever it is, you, you moved it forward and, and it could be maintenance. It doesn't have to be a creative thing. Not everybody's creative. It could be a spiritual endeavor. It could be, a, uh, who knows what God places before people, you know. Uh, I know of a group of people that this year decided 2020, they're going to be more benevolent as a business. Oh, wow. So they've structured, they've worked with their tax people to figure out how they can create a benevolent fund. And they're proactively doing some things behind the scenes that no one will ever know. Like they're sure. never going to get credit for it. But someone who, and they're particularly targeting people in poverty in their in their county, in their region, and they're going to change lives. That's great. So uh, to wrap up, thanks, Terry, for coming, sharing your wisdom uh, with us. There's a whole bunch in this episode that can help as we think about, it doesn't have to be 2020, it can be different seasons in our life when we put... Uh, some work and intentionality behind looking forward in front of us and uh, and setting realistic goals, not copying others and following what the Lord is doing uh, in our lives. I, I think that could help us greatly as a team, uh, help us greatly personally as, as parents, business, whatever your role is, it could be super helpful. So Terry, thanks You're again thanks. for doing this. And uh, thanks Team Vineyard for tuning in and we'll see you this weekend. 